What is up listeners and now viewers of the Sell Anywhere podcast. I am your host, Donnie Tuttle, uh, author of the new book, Sell Anywhere. Uh, I am with someone that I, uh, I met online. This is like, man, this is, this is 2021 right here. When you're meeting people online and listen, I'm, this isn't dating, but there is a little bit of a romance going here. Uh, Jesse B. Good. You need to look him up. You need to connect with him because the stuff I was seeing from him, uh, I mean, it just resonated. Jesse is an expert at helping people to experience a journey, to, uh, to go where you're trying to take them. And if you're selling something or you're trying to lead people, isn't that what we want? We want to help them to experience, uh, to experience, right? We want to get them to a place. So Jesse, Welcome to the podcast, my friend. I'm so glad to uh, to be connecting with you here. Hello, Donnie, my man. How are you? Good to good to see you. Good to be with you again. Uh, I I love that you brought up that we met online because uh, people of our age remember when that was a weird thing to say. Uh, that <laughs> that that you met online it was going. We met oh, online. Yeah. Well, that's interesting. Not a big deal anymore. People are like, oh, yeah, that's that's cool. <laughs> I don't. I don't even know. You know, usually they they'll say, oh, we met on Tinder or met on whatever uh, thing. But uh, yeah, online. That's. I think we're starting to date ourselves. <laughs> I love it. So uh, before we get into um, to what to do, I want to hear, man. Um, what do you love? Like, what what are you doing that you are that you're in love with, Jesse? What do I do that I'm in love with? Uh, you know, I gotta cover number one. Um, I, I I'm a family guy more than anything. Uh, love my wife, love my kids. I'm a fellow dad of eight, like my man Donnie there. Uh, so they they keep things very exciting. Uh, but you know what? I I love making people happy. Uh, I wrote a book a couple of years back called Happy to Help, Lessons Learned Serving One Million Customers. And uh, that's generally my my attitude about stuff is, is whatever I can do to help make people happy, I will do that. My wife says it's a blessing and a curse uh, because I am uh, somewhat of a people pleaser and, and still learning that sometimes you can't please everybody. Wow. Okay. I'm, I'm in love with this. So um, this is also the Sell Anywhere podcast. So before we even get uh, too deep into the woods here, even though I'm so yeah, tempted, for sure. we'll go there in a second. Where are you at, brother? Well, like I see this, this, uh, this wonderful uh, artwork behind you. Are you like doing um, storyboards at, at Disney, Pixar? What are you doing, man? What's going on? Where are you at? <laughs> yeah, th this is just uh, some, some graphic drawing, looking at uh, some customer personas. Uh, looking at customer journey as well, like you mentioned, understanding specifically who is it that we want to sell to and what should that journey look like. Um, I, I think that if you are one of those people on LinkedIn that connects with someone and then immediately sends a pitch in your next message, uh, you need to rethink that. I haven't talked to anybody that likes that. And uh, you need to think about the experience that your customer is having. What kind of experience do you want them to have with you? What do you want them to think about you? How should they feel? Uh, go back and, and try that again. Re rework what you're doing and let's see what happens. 
I would, I would love to hear, I would challenge anyone. If anybody listens to this podcast and they're having success with, Hey, I see that we went to the same school, reach huh. out, you, you know, and <laughs> let, let's connect. And then the next, and then I connect. And then the very next thing is, Hey, here's my pitch for my business. If you're listening to this podcast and you do that, then reach out to me because I want to hear how that works because I don't like it. And I haven't talked to anybody that likes it. And so I, I would love to hear from somebody who's selling anywhere that, that that works for them. You know, I would think that anyone who reaches out to me, um, they, they, they get responses, um, probably not what they want. Sure. But uh, I, I had a guy actually last week, he sent me, he sent me one, he says, um, this is funny. He said something about like, oh, I, I really am, am um, I'm excited about what you're posting love your profile and, you know, kind of blah, 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 blah. And, but if you go up to the very beginning, he says, dear Roland. <laughs> so, so I'm imagining there probably have to be like a thousand people who got like a dear Roland uh, yeah. put into their thing and probably pay someone in Pakistan to do it for him. Right. He didn't do it himself. So, um, so my response was like, um, who are you? And how did you know my wife's pet name from from me? Only my wife can call me this. That's uh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. Tell me more. Are you with the KGB? So anyway, yeah, so that's, yeah. I, I love it. I, I've been searching for the witty response back to those those immediate pitches, and I haven't found it yet. So, <laughs> so I, I think we're on the right track. All right. Well, I have an assignment for you and for anyone who is, um, uh, yeah, like. I don't know. You, you, you have a few minutes uh, to blow and you want to laugh. It's about a 12 minute Ted talk of the guy who responds to, um, uh, to those mass emails. Yeah. Yeah. It's uh, James Veach, I think. Yep. Yep. Is, it's is the name. Yeah. Yeah. And he, and he, he just strings them along with, with uh, the phishing emails that they're trying to do with, Hey, I've got a plan. Give me your account number. And, and he'll say, Oh, but we have to speak in code. Here's our new code word. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, yeah. that's, I'm with you all the way. Great, great amazing. stuff right there. It was amazing. Talk, talk to us about client journey. Actually, I think that's where, where you and I first kind of sparked as I was sharing, Hey, here's it my is. client journey map. Yes. And, um, and, and I was sharing it. What, what, talk to me about what is this and why should we map it out? Why should we care? Man, we just lead, we lead people, we sell to people. Why should we care about this? Yeah, I, I think more and more today, we need to be very deliberate about the experiences that we are developing and, and creating, providing, delivering to our customers. Uh, let me go back a few years. I was probably 21 or 22 at the time. I uh, was just starting college, got started a little late, uh, had an opportunity to live in Brazil for a couple of years, and then, and then was starting college, and interviewed to work at a video store. So here I am. Well, I'm dating myself again because... Uh, talking video about stores. the video store. Yeah. Uh -huh. yeah. Yeah. And uh, what I remember from that interview was that the, the manager who was interviewing me said, oh, customer service is so important here. Do you think customer service is important? And I said, uh, yes. He's like, oh, <laughs> we, we do whatever we have to do to deliver great service. Will you do whatever needs to be done? Yes. Okay, well, because we think that that's, that's the number one most important thing. And, and, and do you think that that's the number one thing? 
uh, yes, yes, definitely is. And he said, great. I, I think you're a great fit for the job. Let's, let's hire you. We'll bring you in. I was like, okay, cool. Uh, but then what's interesting is after all of this focus on customer service, the first thing I learned how to do was to collect movies from the Dropbox. But after that, then I learned how to check those movies in. And then I learned how to reshelve the movies and, and so on and so forth. You get the point that, and this is the challenge I see in most organizations is that they aren't being deliberate about the experiences that they want to deliver to those customers. They say, hey, we want customers to have a great experience. You seem like a really nice person. You've got a great personality. You'll do just fine. And they hire people. There's, there's no sense of training. There's no sense of here's the journey we want people to have. And uh, I think if you can define those things, who you're selling to, what you're selling, what that whole process looks like. And then when you bring in people, you're not just bringing in the right people, but educating them in that process, then you can create consistent journeys for all of your customers. Okay. All right. So in, in the reason this matters, by the way, if, I don't care where you're at in the spectrum, right? You may be someone that uh, maybe you're the, the king of your, your little corner, right? Uh, I just talked to a king of their corner and you know what happens uh, when, when you're not provided, it, when you're, not, you're not focused on, on the experience that's happening. Someone who's young and hungry, mm-hmm. they will. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's, it's too easy. It's too easy to, um, to lose connection with people because there's, there's so many options, so many choices. The internet, right, uh, gives us so much availability of what's out there. Can, can you, like, what, have, what have you seen, Jesse, in terms of, um, I guess, the difference of a company that, that maybe has an identified client experience? And we'll talk about employees too, because there's like, we have internal clients too, but, sure, but a, yeah. an identified client experience. So someone who's purchased your product or service versus a company that does not have an, an identified client experience. Yeah, I think the biggest way that you can tell the difference between those two is the level of consistency. Do I go and get the same experience every single time? Now I have to put a little asterisk on there because yeah, I can go to Taco Bell and I'll get the same experience every single time. Uh, but Taco Bell is not what people are talking about when, you know, Hey, where do you want to go to eat? Whatever, because, uh, they don't eat cheap, low quality food like I do. Um, you need to remember that just doing the bare minimum, just doing what's expected of you, uh, that's not going to cut it. It it might bring in people, uh, Jay bear, who is someone that I follow within customer experience. He has this great quote. He says, uh, competency does not create conversation. Come on. And so, so if people are coming to you and, and you're just giving them exactly what they expect, that's fine. They, they, they will leave satisfied, uh, but they're not speaking about you to other organizations, uh, whether you're in B2B or other customers in B2C, they're not referring you, offering recommendations for people to come to your business. So it's, it's not just consistency, but also taking things to the next level. Uh, I always talk about, you know, you want to exceed expectations, but the challenge is finding kind of that middle ground of where you can exceed expectations, but also do it consistently. Um, uh, you've probably heard the phrase people talk about surprise and delight. Surprise and delight is great, 
but I, I prefer, <laughs> let me start over. The organizations I work with, I encourage them not to utilize surprise and delight unless it's something that they could potentially do with every single customer every single time. Uh, because sometimes you offer some of those experiences, you surprise and delight your customer. They say, hey, I had this really cool thing happen. They tell a friend about it or, or an industry colleague and they come to do business with you, but then they don't receive that same surprise and delight. Then you're, you may still be doing a great job, but you're losing that level of consistency. So it's, it's consistency plus exceeding the expectations. Interesting. So uh, you may be describing me uh, right here, uh, Jesse, be good. By the way, there is a, there's a phrase that, um, that I coined and I, I utilize it in sales uh, a lot. And I, and I think it, it works for leadership too. And it's this, if you, if, you do, if you do what's expected, people will trust you. But if you do the unexpected, they will love you. Mm, I like it. And what, what I see and really what, what my whole goal is in all the things I'm doing with sales and leadership is to help people to move past the quid pro quo, you give me this, I'll give you that type of interaction. That's just still a part of it. Obviously there's an exchange, right? Of value. Yeah. yeah. But if I can exceed that, if I, if I can create a spark, if I can get, if I can interrupt your pattern of what's expected, I can go beyond, I can do something special. I learned in, in, uh, in sales and selling when I would, I would, I would reach the gatekeeper. And if you just if you said the same thing everyone else said, there was this expected dance. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good. How are you? Great. Hey, can I speak to Bob? Well, Bob's busy right now. I'll put you through to his voicemail. That was something that was like, bup, 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 bup. but if it's like, hey, how are you? I'm, I'm, I'm good. How are you? Well, if I was any better, vitamins would have to take me. <laughs> and you, you break their pattern and suddenly like they're a human. Yeah. And in, in, in what we're talking about, or at least like the way I see a part of this is like, is a way to actually show up and be a human in the midst of, of what we're doing. There was, there's a place I still remember it in Gainesville, Florida, Heavenly Ham. If I go back there, I haven't been back there in two years, but I will make my annual, my, I'll go back there every other, like when, when, when we, I don't know, I guess it's like a, like, a, like with, with, with Senate or something like, like when we reelect new senators or whatever, it's like, <laughs> I'm there, and this lady whose name I can't remember, every time I go in there, um, she goes, and what would you like in your salad, Mr. Donnie? And I'm like, how do you do this? I've, I've asked her, how, like she remembered after one time of, nice. of meeting me and getting my name, and it's like, that's world famous. I don't know how you replicate that, but she sure as heck gave me a feeling that was like, that's, that's world famous. What, what, is it, what does it do, Jesse? Like, in, in, I want to get into the, the process and creating something that's repeatable, but as a, as a client, as someone who is paying money for something, what, what, what do you think is happening psychologically when we're, we're causing someone to, to feel something beyond just what was tendered? Yeah, I, uh, I think what happens is um, our brains are designed to, to find the quickest and easiest ways to do things. We're always creating shortcuts in our brains 
And that's why we get into habits because it's, it's easiest just to do things the way that we have always done them consistently. And it takes our brain extra work and effort when we decide to change a habit or do something different. And it, I think it's just much like you said before, where when you make those calls, if it's the same thing over and over and over again, people are just, it, it's just send it through the loop, send it through the loop, nothing different. But when you do something that's different from everybody else, something that really differentiates yourself, then you're, you're breaking those, those shortcuts, those connections, and people have to pause, they have to think about it, wait a minute, what's, what's going on here, what's happening? And you start to create new connections. You talked about psychological. Uh, I think emotional connections, that's just as important uh, because what, what's the old saying? People do business with uh, people they know and like. And I've heard more and more people say, and trust. Mm-hmm. And, and trust is an emotion. It's something we feel between people. So if we can start to create emotional connections with people, and, and, and like I said, as we talk about the journey, much of that is an emotional journey. It's not just what's going to happen to the customer, but what do I want them to feel throughout this journey? And uh, I've, I've found immense success with that. Consider that all of your customers, they have a need and you can identify what that need is and connect with them on an emotional basis. Uh, a good friend of mine who works in IT uh, had the opportunity to deliver a presentation to a group of other professionals, and they um, were delivering a presentation on what happens when your, when your, your system gets hacked, what, where you're working, when your network gets hacked. And they had given it some title, you know, uh, the three steps to take when your network gets hacked. And um, somebody in the the group, there was two or three of them that were going to be presenting said, that's not very appealing as a presentation. It sounds kind of generic. And, And someone else said, well, what do people actually say when they get hacked? Okay, so kids put on the earmuffs now. The, the response was people say, oh shit, we got hacked. And so that's what they titled their presentation and it was standing room only. Wow. Yeah, because they, they tied into people's connection. Uh, into Sorry, they connected with people's emotions. What am I feeling? What am I going through in that moment? What, you know, where, where is this need recognized? Now, that's not always going to be the, uh, the response that, that you want to get. Um, there's always opportunities to create emotions. Uh, let's, let's look at more of like a, like a B2C scenario. A buddy and I, a couple of years back, went to a restaurant. Uh, it was just the local Applebee's. Applebee's is fine. It's not, you know, the highest quality restaurant. Uh, but we met this incredible server whose name was Reno. And we came in, we ordered our drinks. Uh, he was just a fantastic server. He was very nice, very polite, just kind of made some cool, cool connections with us. He did this thing where some servers don't stop and talk to you at all. And some will stop and talk. And then it's kind of like, okay, like we're, you know, move along right. now. Uh, <laughs> Reno knew exactly how long to be there, when to come, when to go. And, uh, we had a great time. We left uh, another week later, same buddy and I, Hey, let's get together for lunch. What do you want to do? Hey, let's go back to Applebee's and see if Reno's working. 
So we walked in, we're greeted. Yeah, we want to sit in Reno's section. And we sit down. Now, usually your server will approach and say, hey, you know, what would you like to drink? Da, 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 da. Uh, but not Reno. He walked up with the exact same drinks that we had ordered the week prior for my friend and I. And we ordered different drinks too. So he remembered us just kind of like you talked about with the place that you go in Gainesville and made an immediate connection right there. And that appealed to us emotionally that we were just, you know, backs of our heads blew off. Uh, this is incredible. This guy remembers us from coming in one time and remembers what we came in to drink. So like it, when I'm, and where I'm hearing and in, in, in what I'm feeling here as you're, as you're going through this, it's like even in the, in the face of maybe even superior options for food, you probably at some time have chosen to go back because of Reno. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And knowing that, you know, I can go to a, some swanky restaurant uh, and I've been to, a, you know, there's nice places around here and there's also nice servers, but people that do things like that, they, there was other things that he did throughout, obviously to, for us to even go back initially, there, there was things that he did that stood out as a server. The irony is that, and this is important, I think, for organizations to learn, this is something I'm picking up on more and more lately, is our connection, our emotional connection is with people, not with organizations, which means if Reno went to work at Chili's across the street, I would have been going, I would, I would quit going to Applebee's and start going to Chili's because that's where Reno's working. It's not about the food that I'm getting. It's about my emotional connection that I have with that person, with an employee or, or a seller in that, in that case. Okay. 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 So, and, and by the way, leaders, you've heard this said before, uh, people don't leave companies, right? They leave leave leaders, leaders right yeah and yeah. Uh, and the same as the case here in in like it's the, this we're talking about the power of small we're talking about the power of like uh, of, of being like actually slowing down from the men mm-hmm. the mechanism of what you're in and actually being a human being this is good news isn't it Jesse? Yeah. like the fact that yeah. like this is now important and valid and this is good i think yeah and, and, and here's something that's interesting on one of those trips, because we, we started going back to Applebee's, you know, all the time to sit in Reno's section. And we got there one day and asked to sit in his section and we were seated and, and we noticed it, it was kind of an early lunch that we went for. There were only, I don't know, three or four groups of people in the restaurant, but we were all sitting next to each other. We thought that was kind of weird. And we could see one of the other servers complaining to the manager. And by this time, we had kind of gotten to know the manager a, a little bit. And we stopped him and, and said, hey, what, what's going on? And he said, she's complaining because everybody that's come in today has requested to sit in Reno's section. And so she wasn't getting any, any people at her tables. But here's what's vital is that I don't think that there's anything that Reno did that other people couldn't do. Right. So so we talked about consistency and consistently exceeding expectations. The things that he did for us in a regular visit, even remembering us and and bringing us those drinks. Those are things that any other employee could do. And it boggles my mind how they could see him do that and see people requesting to sit in his section and not start doing that as well. 
I, I, I don't know why some people don't pick that up. Uh, but, but he was very in the zone and into what he did because it was one of the first times that I saw somebody take an order without writing it down. I feel like this is more common now, but we talked to him about it and he could do up to six orders in from memory. He could remember six orders and he told us I'm, I'm working on getting up to eight. And so it, it wasn't just like willy nilly. He didn't just show up and bring people their food. He understood his craft. He understood what he wanted his customers to go through, what that experience should be like and what they should feel. And he looked at, you know, here's where they are now. This is my baseline. How can I make that better? So, so if I, if I were to, if I were to clarify or, or to, uh, or, or to maybe add a little bit of spice to that, it's, it's, it's knowing what to do, right? That's the baseline. Yeah. And, and that's where most wage earners stop versus showing up as yourself and saying, yeah. how would I do it? Mm-hmm. How can I be an artist in this scenario? How can I be a professional in this scenario? And, and the, the crazy thing is, and I'm sure that uh, any of the leaders listening to this is like, you find a Reno, you find someone who does that. And maybe he's really good. Maybe he's just, he was just made to be a server, but usually it's not the case. It's just what he is, is he's a habitual professional. Mm-hmm. And if you were to take that person and put them into, you name the business scenario, right? Uh, they're generally going to succeed. All you have to do is just, you give them the path of what that, you know, of, of what the improvement looks like. No, that, and, and that's 100% true. Uh, as crazy as it sounds, uh, Reno and I are friends on Facebook. How many of your servers are you friends with on, on Facebook? I don't know. But he has since moved on. He's not a server anymore. He went and uh, he got married and he and his wife started their own business and they're immensely successful, which is no surprise to me, right? Because I feel like with someone like him, and it's not exclusive to him, any of us could do this. It's just the way that he thinks about how can I improve this process and make it successful. But you could put any business in front of him and he would take it and run with it and, and make it amazing. All right. I've got, so I've got, uh, I'm going to put a scenario out in front of you. Oh, goody. And, and you're going you're gonna to walk us through it. Okay. Um, you're going to fix this scenario. Okay. Uh, we're okay. going to go, we're going to go into an organization and let's just say that um, you are someone who recruits and hires uh, salespeople. You okay. want people to sell at a high level. And, um, and so the process goes um, like this the recruiter talks to you and they say, well, great. Welcome to the team. Um, you start on Monday. Great. You start on Monday, you show up, on Monday, um, the person at the front desk is just just looking uh, down at his computer, looks up and, and notices you and, and looks back down at his computer. Um, you stand there until you walk up and say, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm here, I'm supposed to be starting today. Oh, uh, yes, um, yeah, Mr. Smith will be here in a moment. Go ahead and take a seat. So you take a seat, you wait, kind of feels like a doctor's office a little bit. Mr. Smith gets in, walks in with his coffee, and he's got his, his, his stuff in his hands. And of course, we're going back to pre-COVID because now we're in a physical environment. Um, he says, oh, 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 yeah, that's right. Uh, Jesse, uh, welcome, welcome uh, to the team. Um, get with Doris. She'll show you uh, your spot, and I will meet with you at 1 o'clock. Uh, you'll have, you should have a list of things to do. 
Doris, uh, without looking you in the eye, takes you, walks you to a cubicle. The cubicle has wires hanging out of it. There's no computer. Uh, it actually has trash left over from the last person that uh, could have been fired the week before. Um, you, uh, you, you fumble your way through this very first day and this very first beginning experience. Then you go through sales training. Some of it's on uh, online, some of it's in person. It's, it, it all feels very, um, just very mundane, maybe below or at your, at your level. You didn't really learn anything new. And after 30 days of that, you are now expected to go out into the field there's no, there's nothing that tells you that you knew what you were doing. You just, you just, you get your training and now you're expected to sell. Um, Bill meets with you about hitting quota and lets you know that you need to, uh, to make this many phone calls and have this many sales month one, month two, month three. So this is, this is, this is, by the way, this is being played out all across America as we speak. Fix that for me. Well, uh, I mean, there's a lot to fix more than I, more than I could fix in one conversation, right? <laughs> Give me a few, give me a few areas where we can, operate. uh, yeah, for, for starters. Uh, so most of my experience is in customer experience journey mapping. Uh, however, like you mentioned before, we do have internal customers and we usually call them employees and more and more, uh, the, more emphasis is being understood and placed on the employee experience. Now you'll see uh, customer experience often stylized as CX, and I've seen lately employee experience stylized as EX. So if you're focused on your customer experience, what I like to say is you can't spell experience without the EX. Meaning, if your employees are not having a great employee experience, you cannot expect them to deliver a great experience to your customers. Uh, similar to my interview at the video store, you know, oh yeah, emphasis on service, all right. But then there's no training or follow-up to that. Uh, so if I were working with this organization, first step, even before we do anything that, that even touches the customers, let's look at how do we make a stellar employee experience so that, you know, when I walk through that door, I, I know immediately and, and realistically, you know what, we, we could even rewind. It probably starts before that even uh, in the interview process. What does the interview look like? What, what does applying look like? How are these things different from other organizations? Because let's be honest, if I'm a sales professional, just like you said, that's happening all over America. I could go into other organizations and work for them as well. And I, I think things have changed a little bit where it, it used to be that we had to prove ourselves to the organization. And I think much more now, maybe pre-COVID, uh, the organization had to prove themselves to us. And I've seen more and more where uh, I, I can think back a, a few years, a, a manager that I worked with talked about how in his interviews, uh, because the, the, the candidate would interview with him and then a couple people on his team. And he would let the people on the team kind of ask the hard questions. For him, it was all about selling the company to the candidate. He wanted them to really want the job and, and feel all in on that. Um, when I look at some of the great employee experiences, uh, I'm a huge fan of Disney and what they do, you know, yes. the, their, their, their initial training is training everyone. Everybody goes through their traditions training. So they're learning about Disney, what Disney means, what it stands for. It's not even job specific. 
until a couple of days working for the organization. Uh, you look at Zappos, you know, they have the offer. I forget the amount. I, I think it's $4,000 that they, after you go through training, they'll pay you $4,000 to quit. Yeah. Yeah. Because they want to make sure that you are there because this is a great culture fit and I want to be here. It's, it's not just about the money and the paycheck. Um, it, when it comes to like another example I love is, is Chick-fil-A actually. Yes. Um, it, you know, you say, Oh, thank you. Whatever. My pleasure. Uh, it's not that Chick-fil-A hires all of the nicest people. They don't all say my pleasure because they're all so nice. They say my pleasure <laughs> because they were trained to right. because Chick-fil-A understands what the, they want the experience to look like. Uh, and that starts again with the employees. So, I mean, if I'm coming in to, to fix some things here, number one, let's, let's make sure employees are having a stellar experience uh, from applying to interviewing, to getting hired, onboarding, and, uh, and on down the road. There's, there's so much that could be done there. Once those employees start to have a great experience, then we can look at, now let's look at the customer journey. Um, and in many cases, what I've found is those two can almost mirror each other. And so when you have established what you want your employee experience to look like, and what are some of those thoughts and feelings and emotions that people should have, you've already kind of created a foundation for your customer experience, and that you'll find that many of those will, will be the same. All right, bring me bring me to the CX side of it, Jesse. This is this is good stuff, brother. Yeah. What like in you see you've seen a lot. Yeah, I think I love the. Uh, I, and and by the way, how did I not know that you had a book? I I am I will order this as soon as we click off of here. Oh, um, great. So you you have a, another person, but it's um a, a million customers served. But the idea that I, I guess I want to get to is like, well, I guess what is, give me the bad, like, where are we messing it up? Where is this going wrong? And, and remember, we're talking to salespeople. I've seen some salespeople who sell, it's like, they are gone. Sure. Um, sure. Not the people usually who listen here, but like, it's a, it's a problem, but like, where are we missing it? Uh, honestly, I, I mean, there is bad stuff out, out there. There's, there's What's bad the worst salespeople, bad service provider in, in sales. Uh, anything um, like give, like what's the horror in story? Anything? Yeah. Gosh, I'm I'm trying to think. Um, I'll I'll give you an example. This this may not be the worst I've ever seen, but it's it's an example. And okay, uh, <laughs> many many years ago, uh, in a galaxy also, far far away, in a galaxy far far away, uh, there was an entertainment venue. And uh, it had like miniature golf courses. It, it had the arcade, you know, the go-karts. It, you, you know what kind of place I'm talking mm-hmm. about. And uh, when it was time to close at 11 o'clock, you know, we might be in there playing games or doing whatever. We used tokens back then. Most of these places now are using some sort of like card system. Uh, but yeah, you had to buy your game tokens and then, you know, plunk your tokens into the game and you're there playing. And 11 o'clock comes, time to close. And all of the games turn off and people in there are like freaking out like oh my game just turned off i was about to win a million tickets and my game just turned off uh yeah people obviously would get really upset about that and uh 
someone asked, you know, you, you ask the employees what's going on, you know, we're playing the games and all the games just turned off and the employees are just like, yeah, sorry, it's 11, we're closing. And someone even said one time, uh, yeah, everything's on a timer at, you know, it, nothing we can do at closing time, just everything shuts down. Nothing we can do. Nothing we can do. Um, now for the rest of the story. I was the manager. I would go in the back when it was time to close and flip all those breakers to turn the games <laughs> off. And there's nothing you could do about there. Was to there. get the people out because it's time to close. Get out of here, people. Uh, and the reason I share that is because I, I want the audience to know, number one, like I'm not perfect. I didn't wake up one morning and, hey, I am the guru of customer experience. Um, I've done terrible things to people, e even in that case. I've pissed off a lot of customers. Uh, but even I was not so far gone that I, I couldn't make some changes and, and adapt. And, and in that scenario, I mean, we found out it was really easy. What we would do instead is just 10 minutes before we close, we just turn off the token machines so people couldn't exchange their money for tokens. People were much cooler about that when they were just like, oh, okay, I can't get any more tokens. And then even if they kept playing past 11 o'clock or whenever we closed, eventually they run out of tokens and then everybody leaves. Uh, it's much nicer than, than shutting games down for people. Uh, so I, I don't know if it's the worst. So you were a seen. wet towel. That's, uh, that's, that's I, amazing. I was, I was, but again, th there's something to learn here. I will take, uh, 80% of the blame for that. But again, we talk about leaders and leadership. Part of it was that I was under pressure to, you need to close at closing time. You have to worry about getting your employees out. We're, we're looking at labor costs. You know, mm -hmm. if I have somebody that, you know, buys a thousand tokens and we close at 11 and they are there until midnight, then I still have to, I have games operating. I have employees there that I'm paying. And it, now looking back, I'm like, I don't care. Like just take care of those customers, make them happy. But I can understand also the pressure that I was under from the owner of the facility as the manager to kind of keep things moving. He just wants me to, to make him money. Make, make that money. Uh, and so it's, it's interesting that leadership can be a driver in some of those bad decisions that we make. Well, and it's interesting, by the way, that you say this, and I, I find this to be true uh, in, in, in life, even, Jesse, in, in terms of um, I, it's pressures that often, like pressures that make sense. Like it makes sense we're a business and we want more money. Yeah. Right. It makes sense that like, but it's those pressures that make sense that actually cause us to abandon really our, our self and just go after, okay, well, I have to do this. I should do this. I should do that. And I feel like that a lot of times that's what actually stops us from make from slowing down and making a connection, even in real life, right. With your family, with your kids, with your wife, with, with like just these different things, because of all the things that I call it your should list. Mm -hmm. Right. And, and um, I should do this. I should do that. I should. And you're, before you know it, you're in a big pile of should. And, <laughs> and, and a part of your should list was like, well, I should be close here because now I got these. I don't want extra employee costs and extra this and extra. And so it's like, yeah, it like you can just like it's easy to justify bad customer service. Yeah, it it's is. Sadly. Easy. 
what like what are the what are the problems that you're seeing out there now is it just like is it just people are ignorant is it just that they don't they've never like they feel like it's like oh my gosh that would take too much time or to rethink and redo like what are the what what stops us these days from world famous customer service yeah and and that's one thing i i had had considered earlier when you asked what's the worst thing i've seen out there there is a lot of bad stuff and uh when you get a bad experience like that that does kind of stick out in our mind but i mean i don't have data on this i'm just spitballing here probably 10 to 15 percent of experiences are actually like really bad uh the real challenge is you know maybe five percent are spectacular and the challenge is that kind of 80% in the middle, it's just average that, you know, it's fine. There's, there's nothing amazing, incredible about it. Uh, one of my buddies that I used to work with, he would often say that mediocrity relentlessly attacks excellence. Ooh. Yeah. Say that again. And uh, mediocrity relentlessly attacks excellence. And so a lot of the challenge isn't being bad. It's just being mediocre, being average. Um, Back to, you know, kind of what we talked about earlier on with consistency and exceeding expectations. You know, you ask anybody, you know, what's the number one way to, to advertise your business? People say word of mouth. Okay, well, what are you doing to generate word of mouth? uh, digital marketing or, you know, oh, I post a blog or, you know, whatever other options people have, there's, there's plenty of ways to market yet. People are not, um, deliberately tapping into how do I create experiences? We talked about feeling not that people will just feel, but also that they will want to talk about to other people. Mm. Um, so, so it has to be a good experience has to be exceed their expectations consistently. And usually if you're getting into that realm, those are the experiences that then they want to talk to about other people, which is why it's important. Like I said, that while surprise and delight is great, if they are talking to other people, you want it to be something that's repeatable so that when those other people come to do business with you, you can again, repeat that same experience. Okay. And so that's going to bring me to my final question. You're going to operate on me. So I, I'm getting oh, free okay. consulting here from Jesse B. Good. So I have, <laughs> I have, I, I just, because I believe that uh, sales and business is really, it's, it's, a, it's relationship building mm-hmm. and that really it's about matching up with the right person. And I, if I'm the right person, you're the right person, then we should, you know, it, it, these things should make sense in the process of that. Um, I want, I show appreciation to, to people along the way. Uh, whether it's sending them books or sending them gifts or sending them something that really means something at that exact moment. And um, some of those things are, have become very standardized. Mm-hmm. So there's a, a few things that I'll send uh, to people along my process. Other things are not. And the things that are not, that are very personalized, take a lot of my, or take, take my personal time. Mm-hmm. And um, oftentimes, like, get, I, like, I find that the busier I get, that those things get delayed. And so what I've been attempting to do is actually to write out everything recorded on a, on a document so that now I can outsource this to someone else. So that it's from my heart. Sure. It feels personal. It's not as like, I'm still putting some personal things in there, mm-hmm. but um, 
but I, I found that I, I, I just, I wanted to, I relationships and being seen as valuable was so important to me that I was just, it was hard for me to let that stuff go. Sure. I'm the only one that can show this person like that they matter and that they're important. And that this, 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 this thing is important. And, um, so I use gifts. I use um, I use text messages and gifts. You know, like actual like the animated gift messages. Oh, right. I use um, you know books. I, so like I I want to have a multi dimensional experience with the people. So I I coach people like on Zoom like we are right now. Mm-hmm. But I want to impact them beyond that. And and what I'm finding is is that a lot of those things I've actually held on myself. And so even though it's great, it's touchy feely, it makes people feel warm and excited the process of it and the repeatable part of it mm-hmm. is not something that I've, I've been good at. And so therefore it actually limits the amount of people that I can, I can work with. So how, sure. how is someone like me, like, give me some ideas. How would I, how do I, how do I create a process that's, that I can give over to someone else and still feel like that? Cause a, a part of it selfishly, it's about me, right? Feeling good that I'm giving something uh, general, like actually this is a slide of my business for the whole year. How can I create a business of generosity? Sure. uh, Talk to me. Yeah, I think uh, it's important to remember that you can make things personal without personalizing. Uh, Personalized to me means that it's, it's, Maybe it means like going onto Facebook, looking at pictures, finding out what some of my interests are, and then you refer to that, which is fine. If, if you want to do that, that's great. But I recognize that that can be a challenge uh, in making it scalable. If you were to, um, you could probably quickly find uh, where I live and find a local baker near my home and have uh, cookies delivered to my house. That's something that's personal to me. It's, it's, uh, would deliver, start to create an emotional connection. But the, the trick is once you have that, so you know where I, based on where I live, you have this contact. Now you have an established relationship there as well. And so if you make other contacts in my area, then it's, you have one thing that you can go to, to kind of multiply that process. Um, And so would it be like, like coming up with like a list of things that might come at appropriate times and then making sure it goes on someone else's calendar to order it for that person? Yeah, 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 for sure. If you have uh, like a VA, a virtual assistant that can do those things. I know that uh, you and I, in one of our previous conversations, you had talked about that you want to do handwritten cards, but that Mm -hmm. takes time to handwrite things. Uh, But I know that there is a third party service. I believe it's called handwritten with a Y instead of an I. And you can go in and you can type in what you wanna say and you can send that to multiple people at scale. Um, but it, it's like a machine that, that handwrites your card so that as it arrives, it, it looks personal because it's addressed to them. It's, it, it's handwritten, but you can also scale it with the use of technology. Okay, so, uh, so there, Lots of fun ways to do these things. And uh, like, to me, this is, Jesse, this is a, this just a place where people can stand out. This is where yeah, you, you for if, sure. if, if you're willing to stand out, if you're willing to make a little bit of effort, 
people will fall in love with you. And when people are in love with you, uh, I mean, look at the, the videos of what Beatles fans would do for them. Like, that's what I want to do, like, for me and the people I work with. And I would love that, that I was able to help others right now to be able to experience that with, with what I call champion clients, to be able to, mm -hmm. to bear their name, to carry their torch to these new places. And I think that's what, that's what this kind of customer service can bring. Um, I'm going to let you, I'm going to let you split out of here, man, with any final thoughts. And um, man, if there's any place where uh, like, where we, I definitely connect with Jesse B, the letter B good, just like it sounds G O O D connect with him on, on LinkedIn. He puts out some phenomenal stuff there, but Jesse, how can we get more of you and, and all that stuff? So any, any parting thoughts and then tell us how to put our hooks into you. Yeah, uh, connecting with me on LinkedIn is great. I'm happy to connect, happy to call, uh, have a conversation, say, hey, I know Donnie, and, and we'll get on the con on the phone and talk. Uh, especially, you know, if, if you are recognizing I have some of these issues or challenges that, that Donnie talked about, um, you know, let's just get on the phone and chat and see, you know, like I said, I'm always happy to help and do however I can, whether that's just offering tips or getting more, uh, taking more of a deep dive, doing any kind of specific training or things like that. Uh, what I would leave you with is, is my mantra. Uh, when I wrote my book, Happy to Help, it only has six chapters. There's an intro and a conclusion. Uh, the three main chapters are the three steps that I live by, which are that you discover the needs of your customer, you deliver as best as you can. And whenever possible, you do more to exceed their expectations. So you discover, deliver, do more. And uh, you can use that in customer experience. You can use that in service recovery. You can use that when you're trying to sell to customers. Uh, but that has always uh, worked well for me. Love it. I love the 3D approach to customer service. Guys, this matters to you. It matters to you more now than ever. Uh, get with Jesse. Look at what, what is this about uh, mapping out uh, client experiences, customer experiences, and um, you, you need this in your life. I promise you. It's changed my business and uh, I hope that it can change yours. And listen, if you can lead from anywhere, you can lead from everywhere. If you can sell from anywhere, you can sell from everywhere. Your talent should not be limited to your zip code. Jesse, thanks for empowering us today, brother. Thanks a lot, Donnie. We'll talk to you later on.